0: I'm here at the hotel lobby of Hotel Nico, San Francisco. Yesterday was the last day of the event of the engineer. I'm here with my brother, Miguel Andorado from San Domaine. Correct. And Miguel, you asked me a question. Do you mind repeating the question?
1: Yeah. So the question was, what were your key takeaways? Where were the highlights?
0: Yeah. And I answered with the conference of contrast for me. And the reason I decided to record this was maybe this will be the intro to the podcast. Or maybe this will be just like a thought sketch for me to draw thumb. Um, it'll be fun nonetheless. It will be fun nonetheless. Absolutely. Mm. And so I think the biggest contrast was talked about on stage only mm. deeply personal for me as well. Mm. A contrast, a contrast of future and past. So, um, Israel was attacked br- brutally just before we came to this, uh, event. And there were quite a few Israelis here among the speakers, myself, my mom was very close to the border, um, and many folks who participate in this industry are also Azure. And so, uh, I think the first person who said something on stage was Daddy Credo from um, Codium. Correct. He did this amazing demo of this amazing AI-based product that writes tests for you, basically that shows you the future. And he hey. ends the, this piece with like, hey, it's very important to say that, you know, probably something like 9 or 15, 9, 11. 9-11s, in terms of like proportional to population number of deaths in, in the terror attack happened to Oswald. Yeah. And it's really hard to contrast this with how we are going to the future. We're all about this, we're all positive about this. While his co-founder, Itama, was actually sending him uh, s- pictures of his rifle because it was called to reserve nudity to protect the country. And so there was a, literally a picture on stage with the laptop open where, you know, lines go up to the right, with like AI and growing and everything with excitement. And uh, there was a gun behind this to protect the country from the, the past, having okay. different things that okay. just hold on to the past and now we're to go. And it was a very stark contrast for all of us Israelis here. We, everyone who imagine, everyone who met any, any other Israeli, who first asked, are you okay? Is your family okay? Is a friend okay? Like this was the first thing before we started talking about AI. Mm-hmm. And even the switch to talk about the AI was not that easy in, on its own, mm-hmm. because everybody's hurting. Our families are hurting. It's mm-hmm. it's shocking. That many people are still in shock. Um, there was a bunch of, a huge amount of death, uh, mm-hmm. destruction, but there's also a quite incredibly large mm-hmm. amount of kidnapping, mm-hmm. live clothing, mm-hmm. civilians, and so everybody's worried about them. While well, we're here in San Francisco. Five thousand miles away, talking about the future. So it start, starts that contracts.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I found it very impactful when uh, the presenter showed that photo. It just put everything in perspective in like a split second. Mm-hmm. One the feeling that I got was a feeling of gratitude for knowing that my family is okay, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm okay. You know, it was gratitude along with hope for the people that are over there and are suffering. Uh, so hope and gratitude to the, to the things that I felt when I saw that. I had a chance to talk with
0: some of the speakers that I before, some of the Israeli,
1: and the framework that
0: I operate with and I shared, and I'd like to also record as well. One can be compassionate without being empathetic <laughs> because it's incredibly hard to continue feeling like a human after, um, after seeing so much hate and discussion and death, and there's only so much a person can pick, and so in that vein, compassion towards the victims, compassion to their families, compassion towards um, even the innocent people on the other side who are sitting under this uh, terror, basically rule, and are also suffering from this, rule suffer more from this, like all this thing Compassion can be felt. Mm-hmm. Empathy is much more difficult, because empathy means you take on yourself all this hate, all this mm-hmm. sorrow, all this sadness. And I see people spiral out because mm-hmm. of this, into, towards heading backwards, towards pushing back. And I shared with some folks, I was like, hey, we can be, we can be compassionate without being empathetic, and it's okay. And also, we got to fill our own cups. First. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, this is part of me, we're here to build the future. And so this, this was a very stark contrast for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You want to hear about the second contrast? Yes, I
1: do. I'm, I'm waiting.
0: <laughs> the second contrast was between uh, past and future, but in a different context, in a technological context. So I came to this event as a media person, and uh, they asked me to interview a bunch of folks. Uh, and so that's what I did. I had a blast on this. I had microphones. And they actually taught me a new concept called running gun. Running gun is where you, uh, it sounds militant, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when you have a microphone, you as an interviewer, mm-hmm. you have somebody with a camera following you, like a camera crew. Okay. Grab people, and like, hey, let's talk about this and that. And so I was teamed up. Uh, I was given a, a camera person, mm-hmm. her name was... Uh, Stacy, mm-hmm. and she is not in her field at all. She's not into AI. She will lose AI tools too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the process of me interviewing folks, she kind of started like, listening to what they're asking, what they're saying, and we just got to talk in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. She's a wonderful person. Uh, and I asked her a few questions from between. And the contrast between here's everyone who is up to date with the latest and greatest in AI with the cutting edge, with like, all the tools that don't rule. They're open to getting more tools into the workflow and building the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm hand in hand with somebody who is almost afraid of the future. okay mm-hmm. uh well, One example was, there was a Waymo car driving down the road. Waymo is the driver of those vehicles in San Francisco. And um, I asked um, Stacy, mm-hmm. And knew really want She's like, no, let's go. Cool. When you like that, I would like to try it. Mm-hmm. So I asked somebody for a call and she's like, no, I, I'm not afraid. Really? So I really had to ask Interesting. her, what are you afraid of? And to me, spending most of my contracts with Stacy, talking with her about the future yeah. that everybody else is building, put me in a contrast versus everybody's running forward, running forward, but we have to remain compassionate to the folks who are not as up to date, not as open, not as maybe familiar with the shingles. Sure, And um, it was great as a, as, a, as a grounding experience for this was with yeah because I was literally like almost That's holding her by the hand through this like uh new and exciting developments, but also taking her into account that like for her, it's maybe too much of a change too fast. Yeah. And we have yeah. to make sure that this change happens in, in, in a very- Progressive way. Progressive way. iterative way. to allow for, for them, for, for, for folks like Stacey and, and other folks like this to grow and without fear, yeah, and basically it's very important to present this without fear, to present this as a, as a good thing that's happening anyway, why, we might as well enjoy we'll just understand it.
1: No, that's actually that I love that last part, because as I was thinking about the things that we're doing at work, so as you know, I'm in a mental health company, and our vision is to create an AI mental health coach, the issue, the biggest blocker that we're facing. Is not technological. It's actually people accepting that it's okay to use an AI coach in addition to your therapist. Even therapists themselves need to get comfortable with the idea that there could be an AI coach in the middle helping out. Um there is a really good paper that a few folks from Stanford uh published about five months ago that talks about sort of like the roadmap for um, AI to be used in psychotherapy Mm. and what they suggest, and I resonate with this roadmap pretty well, which is starting with very simple, like um, administrative use cases. Very simple, like, hey, I'm gonna give you assistance on these administrative tasks, and maybe the assistant can help you schedule a session or reschedule your therapy session, stuff like that, just to get people comfortable. Mm. But the end goal is maybe in a couple of years, then you have the full-fledged AI health coach that's helping you with your mental health.
0: I've seen. And, uh, I've seen. I'd love to hear more about Solomon after this. Yeah. Um, contest number three cool. and football we'll finish here was, uh, the spiritual worship of Yeah. So I, you know, we've connected over seeing each other, wearing <laughs> bracelets, right?
1: Which was amazing, by the way. I love yeah, that. I love that. I love
0: this, that. Is, this is a good reason to continue wearing those. Exactly. We also joined another brother, Carly, mm-hmm. we all three thought uh, with each other. And I honestly have shared my path and the gift that I was living with multiple cults here, Mm -hmm. just because we sometimes got there, because they maybe saw the gold, the peace, Mm -hmm. they they maybe saw like multiple things like this. And I'm going through significant life changes right now, career changes, personal changes, and you know, spiritual changes, obviously. And I'm just, I feel very okay with all that, -hmm. which, which is, I think people see. And so I had a conversation with many of those. I also had conversations with some dubious individuals here. Mm. It wasn't a lot. There was one uh, person who I felt really intense hmm. talking to. Interesting. And, but putting him aside, the whole conference is focused on technology, specific technology, so let's run forward this build. And I love the fact that folks like you, folks like me, and folks like met uh, a few more folks in, in the, um, um Oh, we talked through, remind me of his name, if you remember, oh. somebody with the therapy with light therapy. Oh my God. Yes. We've talked with a person who basically mm. set up. That's a-
1: amazing, by the way.
0: for a light therapy, Ellie Bloom type thing. And he basically decided to build it and mm. he built it online. And now he says, that you know, his platform is going use like 15,000 practitioners of this specific technology. And I absolutely love this because I think mm. this is the contrast that shouldn't be a contrast. So this last thing, between spiritual and technological, I, be, I strongly believe that human. That I was very technological oriented, very Gnostic for most of my life, and just recently decided to start my spiritual path and open up, I think that this should not be a contrast. So this last one, while the previous ones we should help, obviously, to bridge the divide, this spiritual and technological should not be a contrast. And so Miguel, my brother, mm-hmm. very happy that you're also participating in the bridge of this specific contrast of the spiritual and adaptive modern.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That was an unexpected part for me, meeting somebody like you in the way that we met and then meeting Carlo. And then it was pretty amazing. Carlo and I had a long discussion, like during the social time yesterday, like a whole hour conversation. And we were sharing things with each other. They were like, well, I can't believe, we wouldn't have expected to share these things yeah. in this kind of setting, like two years ago. Absolutely. So, it's like we're all kind of in a certain journey that kind of is bringing us together for one reason or another. And I think it should be
0: expected. Yeah. I think it should happen it's true. more. That's true. And I think it's on us to keep showing people that it, it's okay.
1: I, I agree. I think it requires a, a little bit of vulnerability on our side, you know, to just put ourselves out there. But once you do, you see that it's well received. Absolutely. People are excited about it too. As people like
0: us build the future, as people like us like discover. New tools outside of, he- of the human, I feel they're also looking inwards. River. Based on the connection that we make with people internationally, I see folks from Germany, I see folks from Argentina, uh, I saw folks from uh, Spain, and like multi- mm-hmm. multicultural, multilingual connection here. And the connection is human. Oh,
1: That's absolutely. Based on
0: top of AI technology, but the connection is human. And so this is a bridge this is the contrast mm-hmm. that we need to make sure is not a conversation conference next conferences. Mm-hmm. And now, my conversation with Swix, the founder of AI Engineer, host of the Latent Space podcast, and a generally great dude about everything that we heard and seen on the stage of the AI Engineer. And just a reminder, all of the talks are recorded. All right, everyone, you're basically here to hear how the sausage is made. (laughs) We're doing, we're doing like a live mic check on the fly while we're also coming to you from a very interesting location actually. Middle of the downtown San Francisco, Hotel Nico, who's a great, great place for this venue. I guess let's get going. Let's Let's get get going. going. So let's start here. How was the venue for you in this like very beautiful event that we had?
2: Ah, I really liked the ability to co-locate the hotel and the conference. Because that means that you don't have to go very far to to go to the conference, and mm. a lot of people came in from out of town. We have people coming in from Germany, from India, from Argentina. I think that's the furthest uh, there's one guy from New Zealand, mm. wow. which might be the furthest, but he was already in u s for for other stuff that was good. I think it's a really nice sort of hotel location I think maybe the the difference is that it's not optimized for workshops, and when we tried to do workshops on the first uh, on the Monday it didn't really go well, because the Wi-Fi wasn't very good. I would maybe separate the workshop venues to something else, to, there's like a dedicated classroom setting, because that's much more suited for uh, workshops. But other than that, it was it was great.
0: Awesome. So, this is our first question, Well almost like a mic check, a, a very brief vibe check from yeah. folks. However, I want to just welcome everyone. Uh, we're here talking about AI Engineer event, the Summit, AI Engineer Summit. Uh, it was a sold out 500 plus attendees event for AI engineer. AI engineer is this new concept that you've outlined in an essay on Latent Space Podcast. And many people who came here specifically told me that they're happy that there is a thing about this because they also felt a, something without boundaries necessarily. They didn't know where the boundaries begin between a software engineer and AI engineer. And I think this event was an important milestone to start figuring this out yeah so how are you thinking about the engineer? How were you thinking about, about the engineer
2: pre this event? and has this thinking changed after the event? Ah, I curated all the talks <laughs> so it's very much my message to people that everyone speaking here is a leading AI engineer already and uh, role models in, in, in some aspects. We have Hassan from Versel mm-hmm. who no PhD, no 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 years of AI engineering experience, but has built AI products that have millions of users. Mm. And then we have the sort of application or framework builders, sorry, the, the framework or tooling builders like Harrison from Langchain and Jerry from Llama Index and Anton from Chroma and, and all the other guys. And then we also have like sort of the, 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 the some experimental thinkers like the Amelia from Adept mm-hmm. or Sam Whitmore and Jason Yuan from mm-hmm. New Computer. So I'll just showcase all these people in their various diversity, because I found that these people are doing the most interesting work in AI, but they're not being represented in conferences. Mm. And I I want to give AI engineers some direction as to what are the areas you can explore. Yeah, it ha- hasn't changed it totally, but I, I do think that um, what's changed for me is an understanding of how serious companies are. The kind of sponsors that showed up, uh, Microsoft's um, all the way down to pretty new startups like Speakeasy as well. Um, But the kind of sponsors that showed up, all of them are serious in hiring AI engineers, serving AI engineers, um, and just learning more about what they can do for for them as well. Uh, It's really great. Uh, I think my bias is towards bottoms up, uh, the individual developer, but there's a case to be made uh, for AI engineers going into the larger teams, larger enterprise, larger companies, which is why... People like Superbase came and sponsored, mm-hmm. uh, even though they they said they never sponsor conferences uh, because they were like, yeah, we want to have a foothold in this in this new industry. I uh spoken
0: with both Paul uh, Koppel
2: yeah. from uh, Superbase mm-hmm. and Ant
0: Wilson from Superbase. Yeah. And first of all, shout out Superbase, we love you guys. I personally use Superbase. Yeah. One of the uh, best, best talks at the conference. There, there, and the the uh, the talk that Paul gave was like also incredible. Uh, however, I I had an interview with Paul. And I asked him like, "Hey,, why did you say yes to this?" And his answer was, basically, "If Sles comes calling, then you don't say no,
2: he's and, being nice yeah he he can he has a lot to do,
0: yeah, incredible dude, and um I think they also had a important role to play here because they're going towards basically allowing these tools for many AI engineers, and they have a holistic end to end thing, so I really enjoyed their specific talk. I want to dive deep with you for just a second about the curation part. So you said you created all the talks. And I remember you mentioning it in some case, I think you asked about some people which types of talk they enjoyed and they said these talks and you're like, oh, so you're like on this part of the engineer. Could you walk me through the the, the setup? Because I think you have chunks. Can yeah. you walk me through the chunks of the talks that, that you were like- Chunks curated? of talk?
2: Yeah. Oh God, okay. I have to pull up the schedule now. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, uh, wait. No wait.
0: I'll, meanwhile, I'll say guys, uh, this is like not our typical space, Twitter space. We're sitting here mic'd up. So if you want to ask us questions, feel free to uh, use the little messaging thing on the bottom right of the space and uh, just leave us questions there. And I will definitely ask Swix directly some of the preferred questions, Uh, but we will not be pulling folks up on this space. So please, go ahead.
2: Yeah. So maybe I'll I'll mention right at the start that I think that there are three main types of AI engineers. This is the stuff that I talked about in the keynote. Um, One is the AI enhanced engineer, two is the AI product engineer, and then three is the AI engineer agents, which is not human. Mm. And there's people representing all three elements on stage. Mm. I think the could, most... Could you
0: please repeat Slower the three?
2: Yeah, AI enhanced, AI which enhanced. is uh, engineer using AI tools, yeah. but working on non-AI products. Yeah. And then there's AI product engineer, mm. which is engineer using AI APIs to build AI-enabled products for the end customer. For the customer. Right, that's whole, whole, the that's whole point of the product is, yeah. is the end customer. Uh, and then three is the product being the engineer, uh, which is <laughs> the AI, uh, sort of automated AI engineer. And we didn't have that much in terms of agents. I This was a little bit of a conscious bias because there's a lot of hype in San Francisco yeah. around AI agents. And we effectively had AutoGPT. <laughs> and then Codium. Codium had a really good demo. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things are starting to cross the bridge from... AI-enhanced engineering into full automation. Mm-hmm. And and so I think we'll see more of that over the over the next uh, few months. Yeah. There's one I'm very excited about that will be speaking next year. I already have a list of people who will speak next year. So Code Gen AI is the one to keep the lookout for. Jay Hack, if yeah. you've seen him on Twitter, oh, Mathemagician. I've seen his demo. It's good. He's going to launch pretty soon. And we'll have him speak at the next one. I can go through the quick days. It's about three days of content. The first day actually wasn't supposed to be a content day. So this was the Sunday, October 8th. Yeah. We did AI Engineering 101 and Prompt Engineering and then 201. Mm-hmm. And that was basically an introductory day for people who are completely new to AI engineering because I always want our events to have a little bit of a, hey, you don't have to pretend to know everything. It's it's okay to not know things and ask basic questions like, well, what is CLIP? What, what is embeddings? What is, what is rag? It's rag. Most of the time when you people go to conferences, they try to show off. They try to talk about the cutting edge in the speakers right the speakers are interested in showing off and showing their best that means there's a lot of assumed knowledge and, and so i think day one is just useful to give people some kind level of set. intro- level setting yeah. some basic introduction um and we were very lucky every single speaker was a volunteer oh. uh because we, we didn't have money for this when we, when we put up the tickets and paid for uh, people pay for this this day this full day of intros was mm. not even on the schedule i just felt like we needed it so i organized a free event um and uh, and got a venue sponsor. Then, then Monday so day, um, day one workshop. day one workshops, uh, day two also workshops. Mm-hmm. So uh, I call Sunday day zero, day zero. I uh, said Monday was day one, and day one was workshops in the morning and then talks in the afternoon. Right, the morning workshops we had everyone. We had Auto GPT teaching about Auto GPT Forge. We had Simon, the co-founder of llama Index, talking about RAG.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We had Justin Uberdy from Fix AI, talking about AI JSX, mm-hmm. also building an agent with them. Then we had a fairly hyped one. Probably the, the busiest one was the LangChain workshop yeah. with Harrison, Greg Richardson from Superbase. This one oh. was very, very well reviewed on PG Vector and, and shipping mm-hmm. rag applications in Postgres. And then finally, the part two of the AutoGPT workshop, which was about agent evals, mm-hmm. which is extremely cutting edge. That this is like for the past three months in AI in San Francisco, there's yeah. been talk about nothing else except for yeah. agent evals. How, how, how do we know that they work, basically, is the question, yeah, Exactly. Right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that was the morning workshop block, mm-hmm. and it mostly it's just like hands on keyboard, clone code, write code, mm-hmm. listen to the people who are working on the projects, explain and, and uh, answer your questions in, in some way. Then we had uh, the,
0: the afternoon talks. Oh no, just before you move on, yeah. I want to shout out the workshop givers, yeah. because we had slight issues with Wi-Fi, oh, my. and some of them just tested from their phone, didn't face them at all. I saw yeah. Simon, I saw Harrison. We just went through this and people downloaded. It was fine. Yeah. And I just want to shout out for the resolve for this. It was great to see them just, you know what? Let's do it. We're all together. Worst case, I'll just show you some code. Shout out to Simon, shout out to Harrison, everybody who did this without fear.
2: Yeah, yeah. Greg as well. Um, Greg, yeah. I was unsure about some of the, because some of these, a lot of people, these people, they've never given workshops. And I, I've, in my career, I've, I've given a few number of workshops in. It is t- takes a lot out of you, and I was worried yeah. that I needed to give them more support, and I couldn't give them more support. Mm-hmm. But Greg really came through as the creator yeah. of a feature vector. Okay, so then we went to the talks. Uh, I did my keynote, which was okay, yeah. I thought. Yeah, um, yeah. tell me I, about it. It's called the 1000X Engineer, mm-hmm. and basically the the idea came from Amjad. Amjad.
0: Amjad Masab from Replit. Amjad,
2: CEO of Replit. Yeah. He actually gave he actually did a podcast with the A16Z podcast mm. where he actually only talked about Productivity gains about 10X engineer, 100X engineer. And then Steph Smith, the host, was like, what, what about 1000X engineer? Yeah. And then he actually never said the word 1000X, but then she went and put it as the title of the podcast. Oh, I and I thought it was it was pretty cool. And basically, think that, but I do think that you're in the right time to foom is what I've been calling it, mm-hmm. right? And I think there's been a right time to join any industry when all the prerequisites have been in place and there's just a lot of building and a lot of impact to be had. Mm-hmm. I laid it out, like, how do you get to 1000x? You get the timing, you get the macro tailwinds behind you, which is there's a lot more compute. There's about six orders of magnitude more compute to be applied into AI, mm-hmm. just based on projected improvements in in both like the hardware yeah. as well as the spending. Um,
0: and also models are shrinking, probably going on CPU then even more compute.
2: Yeah, uh, models on CPUs is usually an optimization step. Yeah. Um, so there's a very, very wide and it will be an increasing difference between the, top, the high-end models and the local models. True. So I tend to not talk about local models for that reason. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy to have one local model talk yeah. in, our, in our lineup, but you'll see that I don't emphasize it as much as you.
0: I maybe know which one, and, and maybe yeah, from, our, yeah. our future mutual friend can come up next time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, anyway, how you get to 1000x is yeah. you find 10x, 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 and you stack it. Yeah. So you find non-overlapping areas of 10x. The way that you do that is you think about what an AI engineer can do and how they split it up, how, how to split up an AI engineer. So I laid out the, the three types of AI engineer We yeah. talked about, right? AI product engineer, AI enhanced engineer, and then the automated AI engineer. And all that, all those things are in active research. Probably the, the most well-developed is the AI product engineer, mm-hmm. right? That That's the people that make the chat GPTs, the mid journeys, all this, yeah. the co-pilots. Then the next would be the AI enhanced engineer, which is all the dev tooling. And then the most experimental is, is all the agent stuff.
0: On the tooling stuff, we saw two talks. One from Mario from GitHub. Yeah. And one from uh, Deddy from uh, Codeon. Yeah. Both showing that this field is just getting started and heating up. The...
2: We could have had more. Yeah. But uh, most of the time, most people are interested in building AI products. Yeah. There was a the whole section of RAG mm-hmm. talks, this whole section of um, experimental AI UX talks. So yeah. that that is definitely the deepest by far. But ideally, I want equal representation of all three. Uh, as, as this, this conference series goes uh, grows bigger. And then finally, I think <clears throat> one thing I, I didn't get to spend enough time on was the soft skills. Because mm. uh, we talked a lot about tech tools, but we didn't really talk about uh, the soft skills that actually make you 10x, 100x, 1000x. Um, um, and so for the, the what I managed to cover in the talk was the way your algorithm for learning. Whether you learn in small groups or you produce things to, uh, that other people can learn or you go home to your own, commun- own cities and communities yeah. and you build your own communities for learning. And th- that's how I also think about growing this conference in this community, which is... Uh, uh, people can gotta take this take AI engineer home with them, right? So, and uh, run their own events. So maybe let's uh dive into this one a l- yeah. little bit because
0: I think one of the reasons why you guys called me was to do like space it. Yeah. And then uh Ben who co organized this, shout out Ben Dante. He's on stage I think, but uh we'll yeah, be able to
2: he loves he loves uh, running that account. He's yeah. uh, uh, become... doing, doing well.
0: Yeah, you can oh we can hear you a little bit from from the phone. So shout out to Ben and the immaculate kind of team that ran this whole event. And when you guys called me, hey, come to spaces from here. And actually afterwards it it evolved into, hey, come interview some folks. So actually have a bunch of interviews. With video. With video. (laughs) And I've talked with many folks and I've tried to curate the folks who are out of the city, out of the bubble, out of the maybe communities and maybe folks that I assume this for them because nobody else can do it. Thank you, Ben. (laughs) And I've tried to ask them, first of all, what they think is an engineer because they're out of the bubble. Maybe they heard it on, on Latent Space, maybe, but then basically. And many of the folks that I've interviewed, they basically repeated the same thing. It feels like being home among your people here. Oh, yeah. Because they don't get to enjoy everybody's working on the same thing. Yep. So the concept that they're working on every day, rag and different toolings, LLMs and everything, they suddenly can hear this and just join the conversation and learn by osmosis. So the one thing I wanted to share with you guys, I don't know how much aware you were from this, the first day zero, when people just met here in the lobby and talked, and Jonathan met Gangadhar and Gangadhar met this one and this one, there was like so much knowledge happening, knowledge transfer happening by Osmaltis, it was just bureau. I think you guys allowed for that, and this definitely should happen more. Yeah, yeah.
2: And so this is the algorithm for learning, right? That they, they those guys are working on things that I will never do, and it's okay. As long as we know each other, we're all part of this community, uh, the value of the community grows uh, exponentially compared to if I was trying to be the sort of blocking factor for everything, um, what I think Ben and I do is create a space so people can can meet up. Um, so yeah, I think that's the 1,000x engineer talk. Uh, I, I want to turn that into a blog post mm-hmm. at some point so that I I get to go into a bit more detail. But we tried to run all the talks very, very tightly. So I I gave myself seven minutes. <laughs> and I'll, most of the other people had 18 minutes. So then we went to the, the other keynotes. Uh, and I'll just go high level first, and then we can go into details, right? Today, the other keynotes was one the Replit talk, two uh, torrens talk from Model GPT. Ben is uh, actually is there right now; yeah. he's sitting across from us. And then three, the OpenAI talk from Simon and Logan from mm-hmm. OpenAI on multimodality and showing off GPT four Vision and Dolly. I think for me, if I may, this is
0: the most slept-on talk. Yeah. The slept-on idea of this whole conference, everybody's looking at Rag evaluations, agents, and everything. yeah. I
2: actually approached I proposed A rag talk, like some kind of uh, intro to using OpenAI with prompting, go through your cookbooks. And they were like, yeah, we're bored of all that. We want to show you the new stuff. And (laughs) I think it makes
0: sense because we engineers will love grabbing tools and start doing something with them. And the vision stuff is not yet available via API to us, but definitely to them. And they showed off some incredible things. And I think some of us got action to GPT-4 vision already, so they understand the capabilities of this. But... Once we AI engineers get these tools in our hands, it basically creates a world where agents can join our physical world. This is why I'm excited about multimodal. and even though folks are thinking about multimodal as like double modality, right? Like maybe folks think about like multimodal as double modality, image and text, I think that this is only just the start right We're, We already have we already have image and voice, obviously you can talk to GPT, but also multiple other modalities are coming very soon, shortly after that. I think that this is, folks in the audience, if you hear this, start planning your, your agents so they'd be able to see very, very soon. Like th- this needs to be yeah. understood how much of a difference and how much of an update this will make for most folks.
2: So definitely a shout out to Logan and Simon for bringing this this heat. Yeah. Yeah. And we also had another talk on, on just on computer vision from Joseph Robo-flow. from RoboFlow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I was really really happy. He's a very good friend. And then the the final sort of keynotey talk was from Flow from Lindy. Mm. He's been under the ra- radar. He had a launch but it's not really usable by by most people, but I think the most well put together demo of what a good usable agent looks like today. Yeah. Also a- Beautiful delivery from Flo. I really enjoyed the speaking style. Absolutely. Yeah. he he um he may have worked on his talk the longest out of all the speakers. Yeah, because I, um the moment I asked him, he he already like, was like working on it. Move. The the keynotes basically go give a brief overview of us of like what I think, right? So like the coding side, the open source AutoGPT mm-hmm. side, the closed source Lindy side, and then the OpenAI multimodal model side. So it's like, like a sample of things that inspire people as, as they okay. start the, the conference. And so that, that was the the opening block. Mm-hmm. And then I can go into the the other stuff. So announced a few things. Like, one, the AI engineer, state of engineer survey. Mm-hmm. And I think that when building the AI engineer ecosystem, we want to build out these other tools, these other infrastructure pieces that yeah. no individual company will do. But us as the sort of central community group, whatever, we should just take this on as a public service. Mm-hmm. I got a few partners. Um, I got bar from Unify wow. as... Uh, the survey organizer, and yeah. she's she's been doing it very well. I think we're about to hit a thousand people. Mm. Um, and it's Sasha on AI Engineer Foundation, mm-hmm. who is, uh, which right now only has one project, yeah. but but we, hopefully, we hope that more people will contribute projects over time. We actually, I, this morning, I got an email about a potential second project. Awesome. I'll just tell folks
0: in the audience that uh, me and Sasha had a chat about this yesterday. So you you're welcome. She's in the audience. Hey, Sasha. Out. Sasha. And, uh, we yesterday had a chat about the foundation the foundation. And we went in deep. And uh, yeah, donations are welcome. And support is welcome. And sponsoring is welcome. So check out on her profile or on my profile. Definitely worth learning about how this is well
2: organized and it's going to help many developers to do open source. Yeah. It, it's very important to have good open source community. Mm. And I think it can come from multiple areas. It doesn't have to be just the AI Engineer Foundation. But as far as engineering focus rather than model focus, so open source community mostly focuses around models. Mm. That's where Eleuther AI comes from, News Research, all your buddies from yeah. Thursday, yeah. Thursday AI, Alignment Labs, okay. they mostly want to just train models together. Yeah. But tooling... Just have fun with friends. Yes. But but tooling, AI engineer tooling and standards that everybody uses, that is quite quite an open space. And the agent protocol is effectively the first multi-company AI engineer project. Mm. It's got AutoGPT, what's the other one? E2B, GPT engineer, yeah. a, f- a fair number of the, the, the bigger agent projects.
0: I was actually surprised to hear this because I was in the space with Vasek from E2B yeah. and the AutoGPT folks and some other people from those seven or eight, like Vasek collected like yeah, yeah. the the... The, the stones of all the uh, agents together. Yeah. And uh, that space was full of people talking about basically problems. Evals, like we said, was one problem. But also, yeah. how do these agents that will be ubiquitous among everybody, how do they talk to each other? Yeah. And they started, uh, I think e to b shout out to e to b they started with the agent protocol, I think. And I was really surprised to hear this, that Zane, I think, is working now on a protocol within the foundation, and now it's
2: rolled into the foundation.
0: I found it amazing. I found it incredibly important. And yeah, just shout out to everybody who's involved in it.
2: Sasha is just leading it. Shout out to Sasha. Yeah, I think it's important for us to understand that open source community doesn't just happen if you wait. People have to take leadership. And so I think that the foundation serves to, to... exist to serve those projects. It's not the other way around. And the projects will always be led by a small group of people. That's how, that's how all projects get done. And we're not going after numbers. We're going after things that have impacts that people like to use, inspired by, makes their lives easier. And I think the primary ways it makes their lives easier is, is what Sasha presented in her, in her talk, which is that instead of every tool having their own little platform that doesn't work with other tools we should agree have mutually commonly agreed on standards that everyone can mix and match the tools and i've been a student of industrial organization since i was an econ finance person and i study econ econ history and and there's an actual topic in academic econ called industrial organization Mm. every industry when they start out they always verticalize Mm. sorry i
3: a little bit of a
2: cough and then it takes about a few decades before it horizontalizes and people find their place in this. So what AI, foundation, AI engineer foundation has the potential to do with establishing standards and collaboration is to move that move that up by a few few decades by creating a a, a process for people to say, hey, here's a neutral body that's open source and nonprofit yeah. that has a that's well that's well governed and everyone can agree that, to use this standard protocol, so that you can do things like. Swap in and out of, of, of different tools, but also build common tooling, like observability tooling, like mm-hmm. stuff that every, everybody has to share. Yeah. And then middleware, like software where if you, if you respect this protocol, all right, this 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 middleware already works with this, and it plugs into your existing system, and you don't have to write it twice. Effectively, it solves an times N sort of combinatorial explosion problem mm-hmm. in, into strictly additive, um, which I think is pretty helpful. Yeah, that's the potential of the foundation. It's just very hard to get it going. Very few people in the world have ever done something like this. Yeah. And so we're very blessed to have people like Chris Nixek from the CNCF advising because he was the original executive director. Yeah. And so we, let's see where that goes. I think,
0: I think it's a very important thing that you guys started. And yeah. everybody in the audience who has experience with this, reach out to Sasha, definitely. And everybody in the audience who made a thing or two and already maybe did an exit or two and want to contribute back to the open source community definitely reach out to Sasha. All right, yeah. sure. let's continue. We have a lot to cover.
2: Yeah, so the rest of day one, yeah. Monday, was more or less the sort of serious LMs in production talks. So the first one is obviously Harrison mm-hmm. on Langchain and Langsmith. The second one was Pydantic with Jason. Uh, the third was Eugene building blocks for LMs. Uh, and, and for him, it was more like a distillation of his 66-minute long essay on like existing problems in LM products and he covered at a high level like the stuff that you hear about on day two which is like rag and guardrails and stuff like that and then finally linus with his um, embeddings talk which more of like a data visualization talk but it really shows you on a more intuitive level how to think about embeddings it was like for a lot of people that was the first like wow moment because until then you're mostly looking at products demos and text like system diagrams of, of how to put these systems together. But when you're a data viz person, you you get to add colors, yeah, <laughs> and do canvas and really really fun stuff. And the the final message that I wanted to give people on on day one was the idea that existing companies like non AI companies can also become AI companies. Mm. And so we had this fireside chat with um, Brittany Walker, Chris White, and Brian Bischoff of Prefect and Hex on how both Prefect and Hex they they existed prior to this AI wave. Mm. But they pivoted really, really well, introducing Hex Magic and Marvin, and going after this AI engineer market, while still keeping their original value proposition, mm. which I think a lot of companies are trying to do, but not doing very well. So I think I think these two are the sort of the best performers in that in that business. Mm. And obviously, arguably, there's a lot more money in brownfield than in greenfield, right? Like, I, I think the 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 problem with uh that the people in the enterprise see with AI is that oh it's only for the kiddies, it's only mm-hmm. for the hackers, it's only, mm-hmm. it's only for the side projects. Uh, it's not, it hasn't really penetrated. Um, and then and,
0: maybe they try a demo and something there is not prompted correctly so they see something doesn't work so they don't invest sure. in this. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, but also like I think you know and Prefect are not enterprises but they serve fairly large companies and I think that for them to be able to pivot the way that they have done Is something that I think a lot of companies should think about as well. Well, Hmm. This is
0: the end of day one. And now, maybe it's a good point because we got many more people joining to just uh, reset and level set for a second. Uh, We're in the lobby of Hotel Nico in San Francisco. um, uh, I'm sitting with SWIX and we're basically doing a recap of the AI engineer summit that happened, uh, that took place here for the past two days, uh, almost three days, uh, which had a lot of talks. And we're talking about the very curated aspect of how this talk was structured which we're gonna go through and if you guys have questions for swix please put them in the comments for this and i will definitely shout out everybody else who worked on this event because we're going very well organized smooth machine that happened so shout out ben and the rest of the crew leah and everybody who volunteered basically to to participate in this event i will also say this event was recorded and shout out to you and ben for doing a live stream because for many of us who are don't live in the arena, live somewhere else in the world, <laughs> watching, and I think I said this to Sasha as well, the posts that you do on Twitter, even like stuff from Small House or stuff from hackathons or different things, they're like a window of those folks who don't have AI engineers by them. You throw a, an apple here in San Francisco, it hits like five AI engineers, maybe <laughs> on the way down. It doesn't usually happen out there in the world, or not yet at least, because like it's a brand new thing. And many of the folks that we've talked to here, this is where you came from. And many, for many of them following you, following Latent Space, maybe close the eye a little bit, this helps them in, to get a glimpse of this future we're building together. So you definitely set up something beautiful here. And now let's, with that, dive into day
2: two. Day two. I, I should mention, the, the last part, one part of day one, was, which is was very important to us, was topic tables. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And then in the Expo, right? So after the, the, the Fireside Chats, it was just a full day of talks. Mm. But I always want, we always want to leave room for people to talk to each other and have conversations that we don't even know about. The, the, the concept of a topic table was people gather on individual tables and, and talk about those discuss, uh, the topics that are relevant to that.
0: I will share with you two tidbits about yeah. stuff that I heard from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them is Flo, shout out to Flo. He said he watched all the events from his hotel room because yeah. he wanted to zoom in like, yeah, yeah. And, and didn't get interrupted. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. You come to an event, do you watch it? Uh, and the other one, uh francisco from argentina he said he almost didn't watch any of the topics and he came here just to talk to people yeah and to listen from them which talks he must absorb yeah yeah he will watch all of them all of them on the way back home so he's like,
2: pretty smart yeah yeah hmm. so it's two different
0: approaches about how to consume a, a conference and a yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah yeah um good for them nice i i do think next year we want to leave more room for people to mingle um, Did uh, we that... cover
0: the next year part? Do you want to briefly say about this, or is this part of the second day? Probably part of the second day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So,
2: so we can go to day two. This is um, yesterday. And so we started the day with a keynote from... Uh, so the, the morning block is like the code-intensive uh, blocks, if, if, as far as I could try to arrange it, leading into agents type stuff. Morning block was Mario, VP of products at GitHub. There have been many, many inventors of GitHub uh, Copilot, but... <laughs> He was like, "I'm not one of them," but now I now I lead the organization. Mm-hmm. Apparently, all the eventually GitHub Copilot they created GitHub uh, Copilot and then they left to mm-hmm. start their own things. But Mar- Mario had a really interesting talk about just like the design principles that they think about when they when they build Copilot and stuff that they would recommend to others. Mm-hmm. I think the far and away the biggest takeaway, and and I honestly didn't know that this was going on, but they talked about how they p- passed 100 million dollars in revenue. Uh, uh, for, for co-pilot specifically. For only co-pilot payment. Yeah. Wow. And for those who don't know, if you're not involved in the venture world, $100 million is most people's idea of, okay, you're ready to IPO. Mm. Um, it's not exactly there. There's been some, sometimes if the market is tough, maybe 200 But like you're, you're in that zone where like you have real revenue mm. and people can actually start to price you on market-sensitive metrics.
0: I actually found that very interesting. I saw this announcement. I was like, whoa, $100 million? And yeah, also at the same he said time, it was higher than that. He, was, he, he said, said it was higher, higher. than this? Yes. And also at the same time, exactly. people on Twitter started talking about they're losing $20 per customer. Yeah. yeah, so
2: there was it was a Wall Street, Wall Street Journal that quoted a source familiar with the matter. From where, sorry? A source familiar with the matter. Yeah. Saying that... Source co- familiar with... Copilot <laughs> on some users in the early part of this year or last year uh, loses $20 a month on some users. Yeah. And so that obviously went through broken telephone chains to Copilot is definitely losing $20 per user for all users, for all users. Uh, even today. Uh, so assuming no improvement in costs and, uh, and no segmentation in, mm-hmm. in user user um, usage level. I don't know. Uh, nobody knows what, what what is the truth of that matter. Uh, but Mario on stage did say that that number was incorrect. Yeah. Um, and it's really up to the sourcing of the... I forget if it was FTO or Wall Street Journal. The, the the journalist knows or has to fulfill their own internal standard for is their source credible. Mm. And if it's just a random guy just spouting okay. random stuff, I don't know how much weight we should put on that. Yeah. This is, by, by the way, I'll, I'll I'll throw it out there. Yeah. This is one of the reasons I don't like to participate in the Twitter spaces discourse. Okay. Because how much of your worldview is informed by the headline that you just read? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and... If if suddenly the the whole thing you're talking about is AI is dead, nobody ever makes money on AI because look at Copilot is mm-hmm. losing twenty dollars per user. If that's your narrative, which like a lot of people are on my timeline today doing that, then I don't think you're going to do very productive things in your life. Because you're just going to be whipsawed by headlines trying to make news. These, these journalists, these sources are just trying to make news. And these figures are just sensational but who in their right mind runs a business that way and i think to level up from that is to try to step back a little bit and maybe lose popularity because i'm intentionally like not engaging in these things which are very popular discourse Mm. conversations
0: so that's interesting and if i may let me share my viewpoint on this because i have the saying and i think i've shared with you civility ends when the civil people leave when Mm. they they leave there's no more civility this is why i don't like the people say oh we're out of twitter and then they come back because there's no one else of this magnanimity to talk to and i also think that positivity needs to take place as well and i think this has been what you saw in thursday I when you guys called me over this is what i'm trying to do with the community because there will be shout outs of this magnitude it's not the first time journalism says something like almost like sensational provocative provocative it's almost
2: like it's their business to get attention it's right? almost
0: it's their business to get clicks right <laughs> and and twitter is such one machine that like people pick it up and everybody wants to say something. We all know this friend of ours, friend quote unquote. <laughs> we will not name who does the most like non-right things anyway. And so I think it's a very important on folks like me, definitely with my small platform. And I would also implore you, for folks like you, to de- to spread truth, positivity, and also correct yourself we are wrong. I think it's, yeah, I, 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 wrong. I, yeah, yeah, I can be
2: wrong too. I'm Happily admit it when I'm wrong.
0: But I think absolutely, like the the community that now develops around this this is the community that builds like a lot of the future and let's connect this to the survey that bar did right uh, she showed whether or not doomerism exists within the ai engineer community yeah that's and a fun question I, that,
2: if anton if you're listening that's that that question was because of you
0: <laughs> yeah so can you say what the question was and and, and the results if you remember <laughs>
2: at the end it was actually a very serious survey and then at the end we just inserted some fun questions right and the fun question that anton likes to give is what is your P-Doom, Your mm-hmm. probability of, of AI-Doom, that, that AI will end humanity. And um, people give people a range of like zero to 10, 10 to 20, something like that. And something like 12% of respondents were at zero, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. Yeah, and interesting. then I, I think the modal response was maybe really like 25 to 50. Uh, and there were people all the way up, up to 100. Mm-hmm. And I would consider myself on the higher end, you do, know? I don't know if that is controversial or not. I think people applauded that we had lower p numbers I, than... I, maybe... I those applauded. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that was
0: the first one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and this is... When I t- wrote the AI Engineer post, the other thing that was in the air at the moment was Mark Andreessen's Why AI Will Save the World mm-hmm. essay, which, for the record, I think is extremely highly overrated. Mm. Mark has been trying to recapture the glory of how software will eat the world for, mm-hmm. for for a while. And that was supposed to be his, his big AI piece. I got into a bit of a culture war there. But anyways, but he got one thing right, which is there's a, there's a cottage industry of people who live entirely on AI fear and scaremongering. And that's how they get the big meetings with the government officials. Yeah. And they run these... There's a big London AI safety conference where absolutely nothing will get done because no one in there has... Yeah to touch these models. It's,
0: it's interesting that for those people, and let's maybe cap this and then move yeah, forward. Yeah. Or, uh, in the, interesting for those people, both things are simultaneously true. AI is going to kill us because it advances so fast, yeah. and AI is dead because GitHub and loses money, right? So nobody uses oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like simultaneously, they're like arguing. we so back and it's over. Yeah,
2: we're so back and it's over in the same sentence. Yeah, yeah. Whatever fits. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. fits your, your current shit. So, uh, what? what mm. okay, so I want AI engineer to stand for techno optimism, mm. but not techno hype to the point of effective accelerationism.
0: We have to be responsible. With be specific, be
2: yeah. responsible, do real stuff, yeah. and leave the, the sort of freshman dorm room conversations yeah. to like the 2 a.m. late night conversations. You we know. care about that. One thing I actually often talk about is I have spent time, significant time with the whole of the GPT team, and they all care about AI safety. And I think the um, people, the AI safety people who shit on auto GBT because they're like, oh, you, you connected the LLM to the internet. You must be the, the people that we, that we must stop. Mm-hmm. I don't think they understand that. Yeah, the AI engineers also care about this. <laughs> yeah,
4: i yeah. Anyway, okay. So that's
2: the digression. How do we talk about this? Oh yeah, this is the, this is the GitHub keynote. Yeah, we haven't yeah. talked about the rest of the yeah. Then we had Daddy from Codium AI, yeah. follow Copilot. And this is on purpose by me because mm-hmm. Codium is somewhat of a competitor to Copilot, It, but it does more. It does things in a different yeah. way. And it was a really, really insanely good demo. We only gave him 10 minutes and he yeah. crushed it. And he also ended with a nice shout out to his co-founder, Itamar, who yeah. was our previous guest who is on the front lines in Israel me, right now.
0: Let me just one more question about this specific thing. Yeah. And maybe a share, okay? I don't know how much you know this, but I, I was invited to the speaker's dinner and there was quite a few folks who are Israeli-related. It was Denny, David from the bar as well. And
2: And Simon is also.
0: Simon, he wasn't, or at least he wasn't wasn't seen there, but I'm also Israeli, my mom lives by the border. And our experience was a different experience a little bit from the rest of the folks. We just saw each other, and we just gave each other a small wink, and then now, is your family okay? And for many of us, this was like a contrast of the war that's going on. Our family is going, everybody is watching this horror unfold. Well, we're here basically talking about building a future and with, with techno-optimism. Yep. So this contrast existed between those folks as well. Yep. So I just want to, like, give a huge shout-out to Deddy for taking...
2: He took on that responsibility, and yes. he did it really well, tastefully. I was worried that he would go on too long, mm. but he did it just right. And I was very proud to have him on stage. So could we, could we talk about how he did this and what was Tesla so about it? I mean, so he did his work. He did he did what he came to do, which yeah. is... Show sure incredible
0: and and demo and, and spotty Wi-Fi wild. conditions yeah, yeah. with no backup. He told me he didn't have any recordings. <laughs> he was like, with no safety net. Yeah.
2: And then he ended it by saying, there's, there's all that's going on, but then his his literal co-founder and, and my personal friend... Itamar? Yeah, he had, he's holding a rifle and, and, yeah. and uh, risking his life. Uh, for this uh, very senseless uh, conflict.
0: For folks just in the audience, just a visual picture, then he shared an image that Itamar WhatsApped him with a rifle because it was called in reserve duty.
2: I and feel like they should not have, sh- they showed the Codium the usage chart. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, And,
0: and in, front of, <laughs> in front of the rifle, there was a laptop open with the Codium usage chart. So it's going <laughs> up and to the right. And I, I want to tell you my side of this. Yeah. I felt that it was the exact right are just it's, extra position to okay, show yeah, okay, yeah. where we're here thinking yeah, yeah. about the future up into the right things yeah, 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 more yeah. and more usage maybe Codium specific was the, the kind of the funny part I would have
2: just showed the Kodium extension not, yeah. I don't know about the usage however whatever I mean, yeah yeah but up into the right is good up to the yeah. right optimism and, and realism optimism and realism both at one yeah, like yeah, affecting
0: yeah. lives of their people both yeah. and we definitely need one more the other yeah. and shout out to Daddy
2: and Itamar and hopefully yeah. everybody there to stay safe I would describe both of them as stoic and they just get shit done. I would never mess with them, ever. Don't don't mess with them. Okay. Shall we move on? Yeah. Then we had Matt Welsh, who is founder of Fixie. I think Fixie made a lot of splash in the early days of AI <laughs> one year ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> early days of AI engineering one year ago. I would actually contrast Langchain versus Fixie as the as peers and competitors, mm. which is Fixee was closed-source LangChain and cloud-hosted LangChain. And then LangChain was open-source LangChain. And since then, they've diverged a lot, right? Uh, Fixie, in my original chat with Matt, I actually tried with Matt Feb in March, something like that. They were going after the sort of low-code enterprise audience, which is more Zapier. And LangChain was probably not going to go after that. LangChain is very, very developer-centric. Mm. Since then, I think it, Matt would agree with me saying that they have pivoted. Mm to a very developer-facing audience, which is why they sponsored us. Mm. When Fixie showed up, and they were, like, they were our first sponsor. They were the first person to give, ever give us money for this thing, wow. which obviously is super helpful and I'm very grateful to yeah. them because otherwise we need, someone needs to pay for the hotel. Yeah, But I was like, why is Fixie doing this? And I realized that, oh, they're, they're not only very serious about developers, this is their, their whole future. And they have this new paradigm of LLM orchestration that they're calling AIJSX. And I felt like he he has a history, so I I will tell everybody this because it's one of the coolest things. He, Matt, was Mark Zuckerberg's operating systems professor in Harvard. Mm. In the movie, The Social Network, when Jesse Eisenberg comes comes to the class late and then the annoyed professor asks him a question and he answers it and then leaves, that was Matt. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. So, like, fairly, he's a a good teacher, good uh, educator, and also just very experienced in, yeah. in just all, all sectors of technology. So to see him so entertainingly and wholeheartedly go after the AI engineer when previously he was focused on the, the sort of no-code enterprise audience mm. was a big surprise to me and a, a little bit of a validation of that AI engineers actually matter rather than going all the way to no-code. Mm. So, so then I'll, I'll end it off with uh, the, the sort of two UI, UXE agency type things. Mm-hmm. So one is Amelia, which is the as far as I know, the first talk that Adepts, someone from Adepts has ever given. Mm-hmm. So if, for people who don't know, Adepts is founded by a bunch of folks. I think three former authors of the Transformers paper. Some of them left by now, I think. Two of them left, yeah. Baswani and, and uh, Shamar. Nicky. Yeah, Nikki Shamar. Uh, Nikki. And uh, and I think David Luan is, is running Adept mm-hmm. now. But anyways, this is the first talk, effectively, from, from, okay, what the hell is Adept doing? And... We all knew it was some kind of they they released some paper on like the action transformer a year ago and then nothing since then. Yeah, no, they so they released their open source model and Persimmon, yeah. Persimmon. Uh, which I haven't heard anyone okay. give a give a it review. Was, uh,
0: oh. So so it was operationally good. So they had like right, a right. bunch of tricks and inferences. I
2: I care about the products. Yeah. Right. Like so, and I'm like, okay, what what are you gonna ship? Yeah. And Amelia like is working on that, but she was kind enough to give some thoughts into her design process. Mm. And she's always been one of the most insightful sort of thinkers on, in this space. Um, because before this, she worked on Copilot. At GitHub next. Yeah. So like, just a Pro-pilot, incredible CV.
0: World like the, her idea, which I love, absolutely.
2: And and the very steps slept upon GitHub blocks, which mm. hasn't really been widely released, but I hope it takes off. Mm. Anyway, I like the zoom in, zoom out, basically that the she zoom did. And, and the the ultimate level of zoom out is where agents start to come into the picture, where. Oh, you, you want to do data collection on this one website. Okay, how about fifty websites at once? Yeah. And I like that it's basically making the agent invisible. I think the way that current agents that I'm familiar with do it today, they have this floating text box that you just type in your query and then it automates the, the your mouse for you. Yeah. Which is fun, but you're also you're also spending your your time watching the mouse yeah, move I don't around. To watch it, no. What you need is so you make it invisible. And I think what she showed was that you can you can do that in a in a beautiful, elegant way.
0: I will just shout out Adept, Amelia specifically, She always done incredible things, her blog is great. The Pen Pal, I think, is the product that she she showed off with the zoom in, zoom out, like incredibly innovative things in design and engineering space, so this cross is very, very interesting. I will shout out Adept, give
2: us something, we're waiting, we're waiting Adept, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then finally, Sam and Jason from New Computer, very, very hyped duo mm. uh, and, and and so one of the challenges of doing this conference is effectively i have to invite speakers who i know i hyped mm. but i have no idea what they're going to present and they don't even want to tell me and so sam and jason work like that they, they're secretive I, I think mostly they're figuring things out as well but i like the, their, their direction which is very much the let's take the um ai out of just the text box mm-hmm. which uh, which amelia is doing but also just out of the computer itself and so uh, they had four demos which were really interesting all multimodal-ish but in my mind what seamless integration looks like i've been describing what they do as a new kind of operating system which harrison really does this dislikes because he's he's, what the hell does that mean I don't know if Windows was the operating system that defined a personal computer. Yeah. What is the next kind of operating system that defines our interactions with multimodal AI? Yeah. And I think 7 Jason are probably one of the people that will work on that. And who knows, right? It could be them. It could be Humane.
0: I think they also mentioned briefly the new... Attempt from Apple to do like spatial computing in this like new operating system as well. Yeah. And the person mentioned
2: while we're all watching this kind of unfold. Yeah,
0: yeah. That they're also gonna work on something interesting.
2: Yeah. 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 And uh, Jason is ex Apple, so he mm. I'm sure he knows more than he lives on. So that's it. That was the morning block. Yeah. Any thoughts, questions? I was great. No, I I don't know if people most... are submitting questions, by the way.
0: Yeah, we have some some folks said they hear the music with us. Sorry. But <laughs> voice going say? It's fine. We have recording, but yeah, no, we're good. We're okay. Good.
2: Cool. 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 All right. And then and then so the, the the last two blocks of the of the conference. The middle block was was kind because this one was actually where a clear theme emerged it's very hard to schedule speakers and try to maintain flow from talk to talk. Mm. This one a clear theme emerged, all three are all three are very good friends. So this was Hassan with the weekend AI engineer, mm. and Joseph with the um, paint.wtf mm. and then Paul with Super Base Vector. Yeah. And all of them had this this underlying message of build on a weekend, scale to millions, Mm. which is Superbase's tagline. And Hassan specifically has been, I try to basically have him be the representative of the weekend AI engineer, which is what I call it, right? That you don't need to spend too long to prototype. Like the whole point of AI engineering is that you can prototype very quickly with existing foundation models, ship it to production, get user data and sign up and interest. And Mm. then you modify and improve over time. Um, and so all his projects are done in weekend, and he showed off some of his stuff. Um, I was hoping for more flash on V0, which is the very high I also came yeah. to the room
0: just because of this. Hey, folks, can yeah. we can we talk about the V0
2: product? They're, they're not ready to launch it fully yet. Uh,
0: I heard I heard yeah. some upcoming yeah, it's, rumors it's about yeah yeah
2: mm, yeah. But I think it's the I think it's the next evolution after Copilot yeah. for front end, okay. which is you prototype it this way. I do think that. Maybe a need more, bit more work needs to be done on including existing design systems. Mm. But this is all very valuable. I think V0 could be a second, like a spin-out company if Vercel wanted to let it go. Mm-hmm. Probably they don't because it's, it's too valuable. Yeah, But it has, it has enough here that I, I think it's, it's, they, should, they should double down on that. Besides V0, Hassan also showed a bunch of his side projects, weekend projects. Yeah.
0: And just shout out to Hassan, it was like very energetic talk. I talked to him afterwards, he commanded the stage, he moved around. Moved yeah, through. he's always
2: like super nervous about speaking and I'm like, dude, Even you have a pro- giant Twitter audience, yeah. all your projects do super well, what are you nervous about? I'm yeah. <laughs> No, I think, I think he, he holds himself to very high standards because Vercel has very high standards. He's doing, he's doing very well there. Then Joseph, and former guest on the podcast, really, really love chatting with him. And he also included me in like the sort of drawing oh, and I just not let's
0: not give folks more than this all talks are recorded by the all way talks and recorded. are
2: more than welcome to go and check out we've
0: been talking about a recap for every talk basically in AI engineer for the past yeah, two days and if anything like piqued your interest and you haven't watched it just know that all the talks are recorded already live so you can go right now and recap and watch them
2: yeah youtube.com at ai.engineer and I would like to feature more talks like that the problem is that um yeah. Achieving the right balance between other types of foundation models and text and code is very very difficult because most people should use text as the universal interface, as, mm. as Rune has, has so nicely pointed out. And code is, code is a specialized form of text. Yeah. So what's the right allocation to vision, sounds, mm. smell, whatever, image Emma, generation? Emma, I, I had know yeah. Yeah, no image generation talks in this conference. Maybe Dolly, but like I should have had something about from the stable diffusion community and I had yeah. nothing. And that might be the right call.
0: <laughs> the clip was part of it and Clip was... Clip, clip, clip yeah. is...
2: Yeah, clip, clip is giving people... giving AI's vision mm-hmm. which I really like because one, that's very topical with GPC4 vision coming out and then two... Wait, I think no, let me
0: pause you for a second. Yeah. The demo that Logan showed yes. was an incredible demo for yeah. folks who are into AI art yes. because it involved Dali and GPT-4 vision's understanding. Yeah. So they literally uh, had a comparison, something I didn't know was possible, yeah. where you can upload an image yeah. and have GPT-4 understand it, generate a prompt, mm-hmm. generate this with DALI, yeah. and then self-critique because they upload them the DALI output yeah. and the original picture and ask it to compare. Yeah, So this is definitely a diffusion model that that's going into the process, yeah. and yeah. I think it was a great demo.
2: Yeah, and it's basically, if you think about it, the same process as Code Interpreter, right? or yes. Advanced Code Analysis advanced or the, yes. or Coding Intern. Coding Intern, yeah. Which shout, is, out, shout out to Simon. Which is generate a first draft and then critique the draft and then re- generate it again. Same process, nothing, nothing too crazy there. We did actually, in the in-space community, we have a Discord, and the Discord has a weekly paper club, which we just finished. You just it's finished. every Wednesday at 12 p.m., which is why I pushed back this yeah. to the space. We just did the 160-page paper on GPT-4 Vision. I think a lot of people don't it just even... It came out recently, right? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people saw the GPT-4 Vision system card, which is the safety card. Mm. It only talks about the safety measures that OpenAI did on GPT-4 Vision. But there's a separate that did 160 pages on the use cases of GPT-4 and and what you can use it for. And uh, in in our discussion, the two prominent ones that came to mind was... Uh, OCR of screens. Mm. So you can do web agents or desktop agents. It's something I talked about in my original GPT-4 coverage in March. And then the second one is embodied agents in the real world. From the point of view of you holding a camera and facing this hotel lobby and you say, okay, navigate towards the escalator. Mm. Oh, in order to get to the escalator, I have to navigate around this thing that's blocking in the way and then go turn right and then turn left to go up the escalator. It being able to do that spelled out in the GPT-4 vision paper, I think it was pretty helpful. I don't know how we got there. Anyway, multimodality is a thing and I think vision is first is yeah. what I'm saying. After text, what comes after text? And there's two candidates for what comes after text. One is voice and one is vision. So I, I featured vision this time. Next time, I should probably be- feature voice. We had some uh, voice thingies that actually were yes. funny from the yeah, yeah. Matt. And, Matt also had. Yeah, and
0: Matt also had the, 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 uh, yeah. the coffee shop example yeah, yeah, which yeah, was yeah, great.
2: Exactly, yeah. But we should have more. Uh, yeah. deep grammar's here and there's, there's other... Interesting companies doing text to voice and voice to text. And I think we should probably do both directions. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. Anyways, that also led into Superbase Vector because honestly, they're all just part of uh, YC. Y- 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 yeah. So they're just buddies. And, and so PG Vector is part of the interesting discussion in, in the RAG world about whether or not you should have a standalone vector database. Mm. And I tweeted this on, on, on the Monday, and I even got some discussion. And he actually also was trying to respond to other people. And I put him just in front of Chroma Sorry, to have the, a little that? bit of... Paul. Paul, yeah. yeah. Paul Koppel, CEO of Superbase. Yes. Yeah. And anyway, TLDR, obviously, Superbase will tell you that you don't need a separate vector yeah. database. And obviously, Chroma will tell you you do need a separate yeah. vector database. And it's just fun to have them on the same stage. What I think was interesting from the message of Superbase is, like, they are... Right now, the ultimate platform for sort of your backends, especially as a small team, uh, that you don't need to go out to AWS and and do decisions between seventeen different types of databases. Mm-hmm. Postgres is all you need. That's yes. their, That's the whole message. And the main critique of a non non specialized database was that it would be slower than a dedicated Chroma uh, database, yeah. right? So Nirant K from Twitter yes. um, had this had this chart the that they were showing. chart, right? Nirant, yeah. Showing that Postgres PG Vector was much slower than than I think Weaviate was 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 the one that he was benchmarking, and then fast forward five months later, PG Vector shipped an update that showed it was faster again. Right, like, you can find on benchmarks all day long, but ultimately, where where are you most most productive? And I think Paul also had a really good secondary point, which people might might miss, is that if you have a separate database to call to, then you're incorporating another round trip for your data transfer. Yeah. Right? If everything is done on the same database, then you have more. You're just making one call.
0: I actually sense. interviewed Paul. Oh, okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah. For, uh, Thursday I for some of the conference interviews as well. And we went in even deeper. Uh, I really like the way they're thinking about structuring this. And uh, specifically, he sh- sh- calls out something I didn't realize before. As the models get smaller, the data sets get larger. And yeah. so they're thinking about putting the model near the data and not the data near the model to, to remove this latency and additional latency that we've talked about. And that's a very yeah. interesting thing to start seeing happening.
2: Mine's DB is, I would seem to, it would seem to be the leaders in the space. Mm. And then there's another one, there's another Postgres extension that's that's on my mind right now. I I can't remember their name, but I had a really nice chat with the guy and he just recently got funded by Amplify. Mm. Anyway, so those, there there, there is a trend towards moving models to the database, but it's usually classifier models. Mm. Usually models small enough to run on your database cluster. I you it'd be very surprising if you ran an LM on, on on a model, which is possible. But I think we're we're going there. We're, we're gonna to go
0: to lunch afterwards and we're gonna talk yeah. about the the smaller and smaller models. Oh okay. uh, Me and you. Great, but great, yeah, good. let's um, one, oh, okay. just one thing, that I wanna shout for Superbase is that the P G Vector extension was like handled by one guy that wrote it not for this a long time ago. Yeah, and great they actually who gave the
4: workshop. Yeah,
0: and they actually helped and he's now part of Superbase and yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's great to see them adopting the open source community as much. And shout out to Superbase, dear friends. Yeah,
2: and, and uh, I think that's another thing I love about that message, which is, hey, if you want to work up with us, just contribute something, and we'll we'll notice, and that's your interview. You.
0: That's a great. That's a great way to get people in the dark. <laughs>
2: um, okay, so so then then we go into like the sort of afternoon section, um, where this is much more um, getting to like the the rag and sort of production ready type of, type of things. Um, so one uh, the sort of JavaScript equivalent to Jason's talk from the previous side uh, with type chat Mm -hmm. from Dan Rosenwasser, who who you already talked with before. Then um, our our only fine-tuning talk from Avi, Arian. I was hoping for her to mention that she actually just wrote the O'Reilly book on LLM's in production. (laughs) I actually wanted O'Reilly to do like a book signing. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite parts of conferences is where you walk around and you're like, oh, what's this? And there's this table with all these books and the author's sitting there signing books and stuff. But they haven't printed a book yet.
0: So A lot of this happened for folks just with Twitter people, but not book people. But yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, because they haven't printed it. Anyway, she had a very, very, very good deep dive on on fine-tuning. And uh, and a few months ago, I was saying, like, where's all the fine-tuning talks, right? Fine-tuning should be some of the most important things that people should be talking about. I'm personally researching a lot of fine-tuning. And not enough people are talking about that. They're still talking about rag. I want some some balance, basically.
0: I would invite those people to join Thursday Eye because that <laughs> seems to be all we talk about yeah, 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 often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, apparently, I have to invite Technium to, yeah, Technium to speak. One. Yes. I, so I thought all these people were anon, mm. so I was like, I'm not even going to try inviting them yeah. because they're. I don't want them to dox themselves. Yeah. But if if he wants to speak, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah,
0: shout out Tignum, shout out all the fine tuners. Yeah, they yeah. are doing incredible things and push very these fine, models. Very fine tuners.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm in the Discord. I see the work they're doing. I just don't know if they want to speak. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then then the RAG, two RAG talks, which is one from Anton talking a little bit about the 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 potential that vector databases can bring, but also for me personally, just I'm most excited about their roadmap, probably the most anticipated sort of DBS service coming out, and they basically set a hard date of. December. We have to hold on to that. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, folks. And then Jerry on Lama Index. Mm. But I think this is the clearest presentation of how Lama Index sees RAG that they've done. Because if you follow Jerry on Twitter, you see a lot of diagrams, man. Here's nine ways to do X. And then mm. he, the next day is here's four different ways to do Y. And I'm like... I can't keep up. Yeah. But I, I think he's really worked on his messaging a lot. He just hired my former coworker actually, Laurie Voss, mm. he's the co founder of NPM. He was also here in the company yeah, yeah. so And so he's helping them out on DevRel. And I think they're they're doing a really good I, I I think it's like whoever wins in this game is just gonna do a better job of teaching their customers about how to do this well than everyone else. Mm. And I think Lama Index has, has a good education operation. E was is also in there helping on DevRel. I don't think he's full time yet. But I, yeah, they are very serious about yeah. educating the market on rag that they want to own this. Yeah.
0: And I think the market needs education on rag because literally people don't know what to do and how to do it. And because the valuations are not yet very well fine-tuned, people don't often know <laughs> how to improve what they actually have or whether or not what they have could be better. So a lot of education is needed, and yeah. I, I love that the Lama Index is taking charge of that.
2: Yeah, something I think about often, the, that's all great, right? The challenge is still, can you build a large business on this compared to a database. Mm. Right. Should you be a layer on top of the database or should you just be the database? And so far the money has been with the databases. Right. So it's it's unclear. So the the equivalent in my world, I came from the data engineering world, the equivalent would be five tran, which is probably now worth somewhere between six to ten billion dollars. Mm. The real money there. Yeah. But it's pretty much the only example. <laughs> yeah. So if, if Lama Index becomes the five channel of this world,
0: like, let's go, that. good We're luck. There.
2: Okay, then there's the last section, which is the, the open questions and like the, the stuff that I couldn't fit anywhere. I had one Mithun do what I think about as the local Lama talk, mm. because all the others weren't really in that space, and he's the only one to shout out the bloke.
0: Mm. He shout out John Darwin, the bloke <laughs> AI. <professed. laughs> incredible things for the open source No, community. Tom Jobbins. Oh, Tom jo- wait, no, not John Debra? Yeah, I'm confusing. His real you name is local... Tom Jobbins, right? I think, okay, we're, we're going to have to find out. Somebody writes Just, <laughs> write just, in the just look
2: at the bloke AI on Twitter, yeah. anyway. But anyway, yeah, and Georgie. I think out. I'm confusing people, yeah. Like, all the local Llama guys, all represented by Mithun very well. Mm. He has zero Twitter presence, which, uh, which I think is a win for us mm. and very important to represent in, in the AI engineer community, yeah. which is we're not just on Twitter. He, he, Mithun has clearly has an ethical offset out of Twitter for, sure. for, for Elon reasons. Yeah. Uh, but he's very eloquent, very knowledgeable yeah. and surprised me because I honestly I took a risk on him. Mm. He's never given a talk. No online presence. Oh. And I was just like, this guy's abstract looks cool. Let's have Stuart. <laughs> so I said no to a lot of people to have this guy on oh. and he delivered. Delivered. Which is great.
0: Shout out. And also, <laughs> come talk to me about X. We're going to need you to get on oh, next.
2: or well, AirChat, get him on AirChat. Air Air Air. 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 Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Is your, your, your other big social media? Absolutely. Okay, then guardrails. Um, uh, Shreya, um, Shreya, uh, very very clear elucidation of what you need to do for safety and in in AI, and this kind of links to what Simon talks about after that. Mm. We uh we were the first podcast to cover Shreya, mm. and we we're the first to have her talk, first conference to have her talk, and she's now co- uh founded a company based on their project. Awesome. Four co-founders. So very, very interesting. And also, I, I noticed this. I, I think I, I, because I covered her for so long, I, I confronted her after the talk. I was like, wait, I noticed something interesting. When Shreya launched and doing the podcast, if you listen back to in our archives, I think around April, May, uh, Garvilles was based on Rail. Are the responsible, there's, this stands for something. It's, um, it's an XML spec for how you write structured responses in lm output mm-hmm. um and then if you up, if you fast forward to what she presented yesterday on her slides real is one of three ways you can work with guardrails. <laughs> i was like i see mm-hmm. a change there no. uh so so she was very very convicted on xml uh, before and mm-hmm. now she's not and I, th- I think that that is just pragmatism good i hate People, xml be, yeah xml see, should see, die this, this... a very slow death no man no claude Anthropic is, no, XML is the future. I, I, the, the way you prompt Claude, we we had Karina from Anthropic speaking yeah. on, on the Sunday. The way you prompt Claude is use XML.
0: The way you should train your Claude 3 is to remove XML <laughs> for, for our benefit. Sorry, this is like a tiny thing for me.
2: Okay. No, no, I don't, I don't want people to come away with the wrong impression. Yeah. Claude uses XML as a structuring format. Absolutely. You don't actually have to use strict XML. Mm. You just make shit up in angle brackets. That, that's what XML means to Claude. Yeah. So it's fine. It, it's not. Put it, puts it's not it a big in deal. its comfortable it's place not to a big give deal. you the, yeah. best, the best. You know output. where the start tags and where the end tags are, yeah. and that's great. Okay. It, it's not a big deal. It's really, really not. Anyways, I think, and that leads right into Simon's talk, which mm-hmm. is he obviously coins prompt injection. He, he has Simon been working.
0: Simon Willis is with us on hey, stage. Up, Shout out, Simon.
2: I, we should invite him. Yeah. But I don't know if he can we record it. Mm. It's all recorded, right?
0: It, it's going to be let let's do another one after this. We'll, yeah, yeah. Invite Simon so into this properly. So basically,
2: I wanted to give Simon like forty minutes, but we didn't have time. Yeah. But anyways, Simon did his best giving open questions to 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 the to the attendees, which I thought that was the best way to end conference. Yeah. And I think I think the the part that got the most laughs was when he fixed code interpreter naming. Mm. <laughs> it also showed like how he hacked code interpreter to run Lua and like write C and oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And I think it's fun, but again, it's not a AI safety issue. This is more engineers like understanding the things that they work with and understanding the potential of what they can do with the tools by deeply exploring all sorts of weird corners. And I definitely want to encourage that.
0: So I was waiting for you to mention something and you skipped it. I want to roll you back because in between the two chapters, Ben came on stage and announced something and Ben just like casually passing us by in the hallway here. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So
2: what did he announce? Ben announced that we were doing our next year's conference. It is the the sort of second format that we've been incubating. It's AI Engineer Worlds Fair. Mm. You can check it out at AI dot engineer slash worlds dash fair. Mm. I sh- maybe should just call it Expo. This is easier to to say. But it's gonna be, I think, a lot bigger. Mm. Uh, f- at least four times bigger in every scale. Wow. I'm I'm thinking four stages. I haven't talked about the exact number of stages with him. Four times num four times number of sponsors. Mm. Four, four times number of attendees. And where is it going to be? We haven't officially announced yeah. the location yeah. because we're. I'm doing a site visit tomorrow. Okay, but the intro no, it, video, just the spacious. intro intro video is is beautiful and and overlooks the the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah,
0: I I know because you told me where you're going tomorrow <laughs> just to, just to check out. And folks, it's an incredible location. Yeah, if, if you guys. I,
2: so yeah, I want to take it outdoors. I want to have a so outdoor pavilion. Mm-hmm. We 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 think we will be able to get a space that it, that people can fly drones and mm. bring in their robot dogs and just have a lot more fair fun. Because I think this conference and, and a lot of conferences in AI and ML, very serious. Mm. Very Look at our code, or look at our API. Mm. But sometimes you can actually a lot of smiles and also talk about interesting applications in real world objects. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the metagame is also moving a little bit. So my September recap on Latent Space was talking about the AI Horcrux. The wearables mm. of, of AI and I think this time I think in April next year a bunch of people attending will be wearing one of these things
0: yes right this time next year in April that's a long time from now we're going to see tabs we're going to see pins we're going to see vision yeah programs, pendants, pendants pendants yeah and
2: so uh, I also have um, Kelly Peng is a professor from Stanford she has one of these uh so telepresence bots mm. uh, that are autonomous so I want I want you to walk around the expo and run into a bot that you can talk to.
0: You guys heard it first. Uh, <laughs> AI Engineer uh, Expo or World's Fair yeah. it's
2: coming in April. And you
0: can actually sign up now?
2: Yeah, yeah. We, so we opened up tickets for sale. Uh, the problem is you have to, We can't, it's called a blind bird, that we don't have a specific date, and we haven't announced the location yet. Yeah. And we haven't announced the schedule. We haven't announced the speakers. But you can see the kind of quality that we have. And the with team. that
0: comes a discount? And with that comes the fact that you're supporting a very important thing that's happening in San Francisco. yeah. Because it's not only San Francisco thing. We have multiple people around the world join us and live here with just full of knowledge of how to take this to their communities.
2: Yeah. Great, great summary. And so the, the, the vision I think is twice a year in San Francisco and then we're not sure about the other cities.
0: You've been invited to at least five yeah, places in the yeah, world.
2: Yeah, Berlin is probably happening. Gratia, London, London's probably Lisbon. happening. Paris is probably happening. Okay, I'll do something in Singapore just because I'm from Singapore. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I I'm very inspired by like JSConf series of conferences that effectively built a brand and, and a platform and then let other people use it. Yeah. And the only requirement was you co-sign the code of conduct and you know what the community is about, so that you, uh, so that they all have to, yeah. some sort of cohesive experience. Yeah. Um, and I think that's. Nice. That's how you grow a community. Like, it has to be bigger than us for this to become an industry. it is
0: bigger than us. It's just like, yeah. they don't know it yet, so no. yeah, yeah, yeah. we need to bring it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's how you thousand X. Yeah, I think that's the announcement there. We're going to twi- do twice a year, right? Like, I I think this is important for me as well. To, in my mind, some of the best conferences I've been to, I didn't really care about the talks. Mm-hmm. I just walked around the expo, expo hall, mm-hmm. just talked to vendors and see what they're up to and learn about them. And actually, I went home with useful info just from that. Yeah. And so I wanted to have a ticket that only does that. I'm saying. Uh, only, only Expo. And, and apparently some of the other conferences, like the NeurIPS, there are sections where you can do that mm. as well. I'm going to NeurIPS this year as well. So I'm pretty excited about that. Right. Because one of our visions is like we are NeurIPS or ICML for engineers, okay. whereas, whereas those, those things are for researchers. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the best place to, to get up to date on that. And then, yeah, mostly after Simon's thing, we, we ended the, end of the day, we called out for uh, people to do the survey. Mm-hmm. We called out for people to take the conference experience home with them. And then talks about the World Fair.
0: Yeah. That's a great recap. I think we we'll went deep, many talks from different locations, we think. So let's move on. Maybe mm-hmm. just briefly, I think it's time for us to go to eat cause I'm, I'm getting a little hungry, <laughs> just about the attendees here. So I've spoken with many and uh, it will be sent out on Thursday. I, you guys will, will post something many people from around the world. Many people came here for the first time to the US for this, yeah. which was always great to hear. Yeah. Many people follow latent space, and this is their only window to the world of like AI engineering. Yeah. And some some surprising to me, not small amount of people follow Thursday AI as well, which I was like floored by. Of course, of course. And I think talking to these people, I think we've talked about this multiple times. Everybody here works on something that will affect the rest of the world. Everybody here working on the guardrail stuff will be important for the rest of the world. I will highlight for you one experience that I had, if you, uh, if you don't mind. You guys paired me with Stacy from the AV crew, from Axis mm-hmm. crew, mm-hmm. and like a run and gun. Ben told me this concept called run and gun, where I'm with the microphone and she's with a camera and we're walking around. And as we're walking around, I'm asking people about engineer, what do they think, what do they think about the venue, all these questions. And we're walking around the window and we saw a Waymo car just zip by the hotel, right? I don't live in San Francisco, so even I haven't had a chance to Waymo, like an incredibly. Oh, let's take a car later.
2: Awesome. I don't, I have a cruise, I don't have waiting. Let's go, let's do
0: yeah. a cruise. And I just asked folks around me and Stacey was like, hey, should we take a uh, Waymo ride? And she's like, no. I'm like, why not? Like, I'm, a, I'm a bit afraid. And then it clicked to me, it clicked to me, Sean, Swix, Sean, Swix, yeah. Swix, Sean, that I'm in this event of people who are building the future, the pinnacle of innovation in San Francisco, the highest innovative cities in the world. And I'm walking almost hand in hand with a person who is not as advanced as us in this topic at all Mm -hmm. and is also somewhat fearful of this change yeah and i think to me one of the things that you guys happily had me do is walk around be in the audience be among the speakers in the audience among the speakers i think it's important to realize that the stuff we're talking about how they are delivered to the rest of the world who are not building this or maybe are afraid of change or maybe are afraid of impressive change or falling to the Falling prey to the doomers, like we talked about in the beginning of this. And folks who are like selling fear and basically like selling both sides of this. And to me, this was like a great reminder as I was walking this thing with somebody who like is not into this and not understanding change. And I think it's on us to also deliver this to not only developers, to also people who are like with compassion, understand that they're not there yet, but their world is about to change as well. And we are the ones who are changing this. I I think this is important for the audience, I think it's important for you and Ben as we organize this thing. To, to just realize that we, we will have to explain these changes we're building very fast to people who are maybe not as intuitive about this as we are, or not as following everything. as we... So this is just like my a very interesting experience. I have a lot of contrast, the Israeli tech contrast that we've talked about, but mm. also the AI advancement versus people who are not oh, adopting yeah. as, as yeah, fast yeah. contrast as well.
2: Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. It's a reality of living in SF. Mm. I wish that there were more software engineers interested in getting involved in local governments I'm interested in, in someday giving back to Singapore because I think you can only complain about governments for so long. Oh. If you've never run for government or if you never t- take a part, then you'd have no way to complain almost. <laughs> I mean, obviously the government is supposed to serve you, but if you have no representation, okay. then you're not really doing the basic thing to, to contribute and give back.
0: I think you did say a lot about this, but in different ways and to me, giving folks the tools to run this in different places so that those local communities will start forming around those places because sometimes language barriers are a thing. We've talked about language barriers. Sometimes just location is a thing. Not everybody can afford or be lucky enough to fly into San Francisco. And so folks who are here who enjoy this format, who more conferences like this, maybe a franchise will give the tools to do local stuff, they will then start those fireflies everywhere like around the world.
2: That's it, man. And yeah, that's what I need to do. Such a simple simple thing to do, but also... I think people just need to feel like they're part of this community, and, and they'll 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 make it grow. Yeah. I also want to say one thing about the the sort of affordability. All the other AI conferences uh, happening in SF, there there's a bunch, right? We are one of many. Yeah. And we're the newest one of of many. They all charge fifteen hundred a day, man. and then people complain to me about the the price of our thing. We charge hundred bucks, and I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> we could have gone higher, um, yeah. and people people would have still come, but uh yeah we want to make it accessible uh it, it, world's, world's fair will be cheaper to join because we have so much more people yeah that's great
0: you heard it here folks world's fair the next for event the, will be the ex- keep- for, the for the expo for the
2: expo right this yeah. is the whole vision of like you would you could just come just to see the expo yeah i, I would i would come just to see the expo because yeah. the 100, 100 of all these people there that's great all right any last things you wanted to say before it closes out help us fill out the survey
0: all right folks Help us.
2: Yeah, Google State of AI Engineering. We have promoted it across all our channels, Amplify and Latent Space and our Twitters as well. We really want people to be represented. We want this to be the definitive source of what's going up, what's going down, what people are worried about, what should people build that nobody's building, anything like that. We would really love your response and know we'll one we'll reflect it. All right, For folks, really.
0: if you enjoyed any of this or any of the talks, have you been in the conference or uh, joining us remotely? Fill out the survey, it's important. It won't take you that much time. And once you start participating in this, you'll be fun. It's like the JavaScript and CSS survey. And somebody you yes. wanna know the new tools from there.
2: It really helps people. Yeah. Yeah. But most people are read only. They don't they yeah. not actually contribute their data. And it's just like a fifteen minute survey. So And
0: hopefully the next survey will include Thursday I as one of the sources yeah, to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. to teach people about AI. All right. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Swix, thank you for joining this. Thank, thank you for you, building this for this community. I taken a lot from this. Personally, myself, I know for a fact that the people I've talked to, I think I've talked to maybe 200 people throughout these last two days, I know for a fact that they've taken a lot as well. A huge shout out to you, shout out to Ben, to Leah, to everybody who worked hard on this. Shout out to this beautiful venue, Hotel Nico in San Francisco. And yeah, folks, follow Latent Space for more. This this the AI engineer thing came from there. Shout out to Alessio, our dear friend as well. You're welcome to continue participating in this community online, on Discord. You're welcome to join Thursday Eye as well. We're complimentary to each other and this is like a result of this. And thank you guys for building the app as well. I really appreciate it personally. Yes, okay. And yeah, with that, I think we'll finish here. That's uh, it has been a great conference. I'm looking forward to the next one. That's it, let's go build. All right, and now we're gonna go eat because I'm super hungry. I right. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll take Bye. a, a driver's car in there. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.